0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey, I'm your host, and I'm so excited to have you join us for another great episode. As the name suggests, our listeners are business creators, and they fall into one of four different categories. We have your entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners, marketing and business coaches, folks who help others build their businesses, and the do-it-yourselfers, who love having their own hands on the marketing levers and promoting and growing their businesses. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment to explore episodes and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Our feed is updated every single week with fresh content, and every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. For today, we are going to find out if you are sabotaging your own business success. And here to help us find out is none other than Janet Slack of solopreneur.biz. Now to tell you a little bit about Janet, Janet works with small, excuse me, Janet works with smart solopreneurs who want a caring expert to help them move their business forward without sacrificing the spirit that brought them to the business in the first place. She presents solid business education and motivational ideas in her five books, award-winning blog, teleseminars, webinars, and personal coaching. I love it. Janet's business advice has been quoted in dozens of online sources all the way from Forbes.com to the Social Media Dudes blog, while We Magazine for Women recently named her as one of the top 100 women in e-commerce. Janet is a rare mix of helper marketer and techie. Her background of 25 years in the helping professions gives her insight into the best mental approaches to problems, effective thinking patterns, and sources of motivation. Her own experiences creating and running two highly successful businesses allow her to give unique and powerful advice so her clients prioritize and focus on what actually works while taking care of their own spirit as a valuable business resource. And you can find out more about Janet at solopreneur.biz and you can find all information about Janet on her author profile or a guest expert profile at businesscreatorsradioshow.com. All of our guest experts have profiles where we have links to the websites and social media profiles so you can engage them any way you see fit. Janet, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great Adam and thank you so much for having me here. I'm glad to be with you and to be talking to all your business creators.
0: The pleasure and the honor is entirely mine and entirely that of our audience, and as our listeners know, not only am I the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I sit in the audience along with our listeners with my pen and paper out because I'm looking for that edge that helps me become a more effective business creator because we always have something to learn, and particularly today's topic, I think pretty much everybody ends up sabotaging their own business success in some way, even if they think they have it nailed, because it's very difficult, and many times, to see through your own tunnel vision, and that's part of why I'm so happy to have you here today. Now, before we get into that, what I'd like to do is just take a quick step back and give those of our listeners who may not yet have heard of you a chance to get to know you a little. So, I read off your official biography, and it's very impressive, but tell us a little bit about... Where you came from, in your own words, and what brought you to where you are today,
1: okay, I'm great and it's always great to talk about that because you know I think you read adam that that I actually started started as a counselor okay, and so i I was sitting in an office alone with folks and helping them and and I love doing that, but I've been doing it for a very long time, and right. the very first time I heard about coaching, I said. That's exactly what I want to be doing because it's helping people that are already on a path and already doing good to do it better or to do it faster or to be happier, you know, to to really make a leap in their life. And so coaching was what really got me excited and got me started. And so when I shifted and, and developed a business as a coach, my business grew really, really slowly. And I had some training in business. I had gone to an MBA program and I knew some things about marketing, and yet my business still went really slowly. And, you know, I sometimes even admit, and I'll admit it to you guys, um, that it was three years of really hard struggle before things really started to fall into place for myself. And the... The reason that they started to fall into place for myself is I started getting really serious about working on myself as the business owner. Right. And so I, as I my business started to grow, I found I was doing more and more work with other business owners, other coaches especially at the beginning, but now all kinds of um, what I call solopreneurs, people that are working alone in their business. And helping them grow their business so that they could do it better than I did. (laughs) Really, that was my initial motivation was this, okay, you guys don't all have to struggle. I've learned a a lot here, and I want to take your struggle um, and take it away, really.
0: Right. Okay, that's really good. Uh, And. That is a very powerful story, and as I mentioned a moment ago, I think all of us find ourselves engaging in self-sabotage at some level. I myself have been there before, and every so often I catch myself. And this is part of where having coaches and mentors and people and masterminds can really help you check yourself and recognize if you're going in a direction that may not be best-serving. Your business, no matter who you are, there's somebody that's a little bit further ahead of you or somebody who can see the things that you just can't see because of the vision you're seeing from within your own tunnel. Uh, now, Janet, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide our listeners the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. A lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that anybody, including you, tells them to do except for time and money. Now, this is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, and what I like about it is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So how does this apply to the concept you're about to share with us? So, in other words, uh, how could time and money influence a person's ability to implement what you're going to share with us today?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and the first thing that pops into my head when you ask that question is, isn't it ironic that those are the two things that we really can't manufacture? Right. <laughs> we can't make any more time. We can't make any more money. But it, I really believe for a lot of us that are small business owners that it's possible to have enough of each. Right. And one of one of the things that helps us do that is to use our resources as well as we possibly can. And to be able to maximize all those things that we do have. And this may be not exactly what you're expecting to hear, but, but you, you know, the business owner, you are the biggest resource in your business. And so it's vitally important that you use all the parts of yourself and learn how to integrate them. So, for example, um, some business owners are really great at um, logic and they really know business and, and maybe they're really smart and they can set things up really well, but they may not be successful because they're ignoring the other half of that equation of who they are and that's what their emotions are and the messages that their emotions bring them and their intuition. It's kind of that left brain, right brain thing. And to really do really well, you have to access the whole package of yourself. You have to actually take time and look at yourself and and your strengths and weaknesses. And we're going to talk more about this, but it's that um, if I um, use myself well, then the question of do I have enough time and enough money Usually takes care of itself.
0: Right. Right, that's a very good, that's a very good way of looking at it. So, uh, why do you say that most of our listeners are sabotaging themselves? Why do you think that pretty much every business creator out there is in some way sabotaging themselves, whether they recognize it or not?
1: You know, uh, the biggest part of this, Adam, is that the business world is changing so fast and everyone knows this, you know, what worked for us five years ago in business or even three years ago doesn't necessarily work now. And so we're all on this curve of learning um, and, and the challenge of staying up with the pace. This is such an information world now. Things are changing so quickly and one of the things that we have to be do, able to do is to cut through the overwhelm of information and discover what really matters, and that can be a really difficult task. We have to learn how to be, in a, in a way that we never had to be before, efficient and effective with what we're doing in our business. Right. And I hope I hope our our listeners already know. It's absolutely impossible to do everything. You know, we can no longer keep up with all of it. There's too much. We can't be on every single social media site. We can't be doing everything ourselves. And so often the sabotage um, comes in the form of either trying to do too much or throwing up your hands and not trying to do anything. Any of it. Right. Almost, yeah, you know, you're feeling it. We all feel it. Right. And we really need to talk about what to do about it because what really happens is almost every business owner I talk to these days feels out of control. And that wasn't happening, you know, really that long ago. Everything goes so quickly. And really, to get back in control... We have to know what's most important. So I say there's, there's really two pieces here. Unless you know what is most important for your business, not Adam's business or mine or, or your competitors, but your business. Right. You know, you need to know that. And what is it you should prioritize? If you're new to business, what is it you do first? What are the social media sites to be on for you, for your business, your personality, your business? You know, is it time to have a new product or a new service or is it not? You know, there's so many business decisions that have to be made. If you don't have a handle on that, you're sabotaging yourself. And secondly, it's not just knowing what to do, you have to know how to do it. And you have to know how to do it really well now. So it's you have to um, know the ways that work and that don't require a huge amount of your time. So the pressure is on these days. If If you can't say you know what you should be doing and how you should be doing it, then you are indeed sabotaging yourself. Today you've got to work smarter instead of harder, and we've heard that forever, but it's so true.
0: Right. So uh, when I hear people talking about working smarter, are they usually talking about the business owner making personal changes?
1: Yeah, that's That's what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> what really matters is that you can look at yourself as a business owner and look at yourself honestly. Look at your business honestly and look at your results and start to make decisions based on what I said a few minutes ago, both the numbers, the logic, the business principles, and your emotions, your intuition, your personality. So it becomes... We aren't making business decisions based on what we wish works or even based on what other people say is going to work. You know, maybe you've listened to three different gurus and they're all telling you something different. Mm
2: -hmm. That's
1: because they have three different businesses. Right. So it becomes what is it really that works for your business? You know, and, and I say to people a lot, you probably didn't realize when you went into business for yourself that running that business is going to force you into self-improvement, but it is. You cannot be a successful business owner if you're not wor- willing to work on yourself Right. personally. Yeah. you got to change that mindset, and unfortunately, our mindset, you know, ourself, our self, our who we are gets really little attention from most people that are running their own business we 're going to change that today right okay, yeah,
0: I, th- I think that 'd be really cool now what i 'd like'd like to, uh, I'd like to uh, sort of segue into just for a moment here, and I know we have a lot to cover, but I do want to get into this just a little bit. Uh, you mentioned that you know as entrepreneurs as business creators, we all have people in our industry that we follow examples to model and the challenge that we find with that is let's say you have uh, somebody who is a thought leader in the area of let's say e-commerce and they show you a certain way to launch a product or a certain way to design a product or a certain way to set up an autoresponder sequence. And they have all the charts and graphics and blurt out checks and everything else to prove that this is the way you do it if you want to make money. So you're getting ready to implement that. And then next thing you know, this other thought leader in e-commerce comes along and they tell you a completely different way. And they say, oh, oh, well, if you're listening to that first person, I tried their way and it doesn't work. Here's me, here's me having tried it and here are the results I got okay. when I tried that. But now I'll look at my way and notice how I got better results and I have seen Entrepreneurs and business creators get ping ponged in this endless conversation. It's because it feels like every time they finally get to the point where they almost have their ducks in a row, some email goes out and shows up in a promotions tab on Gmail and it knocks all the ducks over and they decide, oh, we have to go mm-hmm. back to the drawing board and start over. And now to me, this feels like a form of self sabotage. What do you think?
1: It's- Absolutely a form of self-sabotage, and I might even mention this again later because, you know, that constant changing from one tactic to another tactic, there's something behind that in my mind, in my um, mindset that says, oh, I could be missing something. Right? Like right. I'm looking for that bright shiny object that's gonna change my entire business. And and what we're talking about there, Adam, is fear. Right. And and so we've got to pull in that the other side of the equation besides the emotion and we've got to say, okay, this um business expert is saying do it, um A B C and let me look for the why behind the A B C They're telling me to do this. Why is it that way? And does that apply to my business as well as it did to theirs? Or the second expert who's saying um, we're going to do it XYZ way, what about that applies to my business? So it becomes I'm combining my um, emotion and the reaction that I'm getting from it and the logic both at the same time. Because Debt. honestly, yeah. and maybe none of those experts will tell you this, but I'm going to tell you right now, your business is a giant science experiment. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen until you try it. Right. So go try it and look at your results and make corrections based on that.
0: See, that, that's that's all very true. And I have said so many times to clients and to the world at large that there's really no way you can possibly know if your website will convert, if your autoresponder sequence will convert, if you'll get the click-throughs and the open rates and the conversion percentages on your launches until you go out and actually do these things and find out how your audience reacts to it. You may be pleasantly surprised and find out that you're going to get better results than you expected and if you have put it out there and you find out that people are not buying or they're not reacting to it now you at least have a sense of what doesn't work or is not going to work in this instance so that you can start making course corrections and adjustments i mean i manage a lot of product launches and service launches and uh, holiday campaigns and things of that oak and i've had some blow up on me it's just the way it goes but you don't at the same time, get depressed or set aside by that. You look at that and say, okay, well, I sent out these two emails and I got a very underwhelming response. What am I missing here? What could I do differently? What do I need? What kind of pattern interrupt do I perhaps need to insert here to get people to wake up? I mean, is my timing on this off? Maybe I'm doing this on the wrong day. Maybe uh, there's too much time here. We need to shorten the cycle. There's so many different things. You can look at, and as far as following your, what I like to call your internet marketing hero, uh, I have I like to say the phrase that worship of your internet marketing hero is praise of a false god, because <laughs> by simply doing exactly what they tell you to do, uh, you drastically increase your own chances for failure, unless. You take what they you take their example and you take their teachings in context because what works for them or what they say worked for them, that's another thing you have to look at, is based on their own market, their own personality, their own brand, their own positioning, their own niche, their own strategy, which is going to be different from something you do because after all, you are not a clone of that person and your market is not a clone of their market. My advice that I give to our business creators who are web designers. If somebody ever comes to them and says, you know, I, I want you to build my website, and so is so is my coach, and I want you to make my website look just like theirs. Just change the color and put my picture there mm-hmm. instead of theirs. But I want the navigation the same way, I want the SEO the same way, I want the content the same way because they're successful. And uh and I know this and I know this is going to work. And my advice to that designer is to immediately say to them who you really need to say, you know, thank you for approaching me. I'm honored by this. But perhaps you need to contact your coach and ask for a referral to their designer because if all you're doing is copying them, that person already has the templates. It will save you time and probably money.
1: Yeah, you know, Adam, one of the things um, that I think is really important to guard against exactly what you're talking about is is the mindset issue right and when we can get us uh our business creative person to work on their own mindset they aren't ever going to blindly follow someone in the way that you're describing
0: yes yes And, and and see and see that's and see what happens is when you indulge those types of relationships, even if you do it for the money. Uh, like, let's put ourselves in the position of our web designer business creators who are approached with an offer like that, which basically boils down to, I just want to copy my coach. Now, any the web designer attempts to put their own brilliance into the project or to find something that uh, they've seen work with other clients of theirs and inject it into this project, as soon as they show it to that client, they're going to say no, 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 no. That's not how my coach does it. Just copy. My coach Mm -hmm. is more successful than you. That's why they're a coach and you're a designer. You listen to them. And what designer wants to hear that? That's a good excuse to get yourself that's a good way to get yourself fired as a client if you say stuff like that. And the (laughs) design. Are certainly not going to work with you, and they're going to uh go into their discussion groups on Facebook and LinkedIn and uh and in private conversations with some of the people there, you're gonna get a black eye as a high maintenance client. You're gonna find it very hard to get help. So uh if you are taking that approach, if I just want to copy somebody else, you're dooming yourself to failure, and you're also going to find eventually in the market, it's gonna be very hard to get people to work with you because believe you me. That word spreads. It doesn't show up publicly, but it spreads. Uh, if you're a high maintenance PIA type client, uh, a lot of the people you're approaching have already heard of you and it ain't good.
1: And that's a sad situation to find yourself in.
0: And that, and, and, uh, and if you want to talk about self-sabotage, uh, that I think is going to be a very major piece of sabotage. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So let's put a bookmark in that. I know we're halfway through our interview here because um, what I want yeah, to let's do talk, here is...
1: A, let's, go ahead. Yeah, let's, let's shift direction a little bit and um, talk about mindset. Cause what, yes, that's when going. When we get into the mindset, Adam, we're talking about what will take you away from that problem area we've
2: right. been talking
1: about. So really there's... A lot of people talk about mindset as an entrepreneur, but they hardly ever talk about what they mean. Right. So we're going to really delve into it today, and there's three things that I'm talking about when I say your mindset. The first one is your personality traits,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who you are, and right. how that right. fits as a business person. The second one is your ability to think strategically. And we're going to talk quite a bit about that. And then the third one is the habits and the systems that you set into place and we want to create those habits and those systems of course that will support our success so that's where we're going to go here let I, me talk about personality traits is that okay
0: yes yes please
1: so there's been a ton of research about um the psychology of small business owners and yes. and there's about 12 or 15 characteristics that we know really matter in terms of being successful at running a small business. And I'm, you know, you can research this or you can go to my website, it's all listed there, but let me talk about just mention a few so you know the kind of things we're talking about. But most successful business creators are self-motivated. They thrive on challenges. Yeah. Uh, They're good at problem solving. They, uh, are persistent. They have emotional stability. They're enthusiastic. They're competitive. You know, and and there's a whole long list. But what I really want you to think about is how do you match the list? Because none of us are a perfect match for that kind of list. Right. And so, Think about yourself and do a, a bit of an assessment because what you want to do is you want to devote some time to develop the areas that you're deficient. Like, for example, one of the things, I didn't I didn't even mention this as I was kind of listing a few off the top of my head, but, you know, one of them is financial skills. And maybe, like, if you're like me, you might have walked into business and your financial skills were were less than what they needed to be. So you want to spend some time bolstering that up. Maybe you're going to use a personal coach, or maybe you're going to take some classes, or maybe you're going to journal, uh, and do some introspection, or maybe you're going to find a mentor, you know, but you need to begin to develop the areas that you need to have them stronger, and you can delegate some of it. So, you can guess which one I delegated right away, right? Yes. <laughs> my but, uh, you know, at the same time, you have to develop your skill enough to be able to monitor everything that you um, delegate off to somebody else. So, I don't, I'm, we're not going to, you know, delve deep into who you are as a person and what your personality is, but I want you to be really conscious of you need to be thinking about that you know are you uh an all uh ongoing procrastinator yeah okay what is that going to mean or are you um a big picture thinker and you never finish little details okay what is that going to mean for your business really right. be honest yeah. with yourself here because your personality does make a big difference okay so that's our that's our uh first category are personality traits
2: okay
0: great so uh yeah, so you were Go telling ahead. us about personality traits, and uh I think where we're going next here is strategic thinking and this is where a few moments ago we put a bookmark in the conversation about the client who comes to the web designer and says make me a website that's just like my coaches just change the color and put my name in there which is definitely (laughs) not strategic thinking and this is where I want to kind of bring that back as we talk about strategic thinking about your own business and how this helps Mm -hmm. you avoid self-sabotage so this I think is going to be a very key part of what we're going to discuss so I'm going to just turn you loose.
1: Okay, good. Let me, let me talk about what strategic thinking is. It's It's how you approach the running of your business. And it begins with having a vision as an entrepreneur of what your business is going to look like. And then you take the time to develop a plan on how your business is going to get there. So this means that first you focus on some of those long-term issues and not just that immediate short-term stuff. It, you have to think of your business as a system and and pieces that fit together. So uh, if I develop um, a website that's exactly like my coaches and yet my business is not at the same stage as my coach's business, I've already not been strategically thinking. I need to be thinking about... Where I am and the process that I'm running my business through, because every decision you make in your business impacts on the rest of the decisions. So you've got to have that big picture um, uh, overview and see how pieces interact with each other. So when you think strategically, you've been looking at your resources, you've been looking at your opportunities, you've been looking at weaknesses. And you've done that analytical thinking place piece and you base your plan for your business on that. You think about leveraging. You think about efficiency. You think about return on investment. So I'm going to repeat just a tiny bit of this is where when we're talking about strategic business, I mean strategic thinking, we're talking about uh, using all of you again. This is that both sides of your brain thing. Let me just say that again. You know, you have to be able to be creative and intuitive in making your decisions. That You know, that's right brain thinking. At the same time, you have to analyze the past and review um, numbers and make measurements and really be honest and make course corrections. And that's left brain kind of work. So if we... I think you're starting to get the picture that this strategic thinking requires you to be able to go back and forth or do both or do both at the same time. Either any of those options are good. Right. But you can't leave it out. You have to have the best answers for the conditions that you find yourself in, not how, where you wish you were. Right. know, you're making your best hypothesis about what's going to succeed for you and then you're incredibly honest about how it's going.
0: Yeah. I think I think that is a very succinct concise and clear way of sharing this. And what it really comes down to, uh what I got out of this anyway is just being realistic about where you are in the business and where you expect to be within the next 12 months. I mean, for my business here in 2015, uh, when we're doing this interview, I have set some pretty ambitious goals for my business, but they're also grounded in reality based on how the business has performed in 2013 and 2014, the types of prospects and clients we're attracting, uh, what is – adapting and what's evolving in our marketing position and where we see our services, our rates, our products, and our overall business development heading. Uh, we have set some pretty ambitious goals, but we have very strong reason to believe that we're going to get there. That's a lot different than going to some kind of Quote unquote mastermind group, which isn't even truly a mastermind group. Uh, this is something that people miss all the time. That just because something's called a mastermind doesn't mean it's actually a mastermind. Or going to, um, or going to some events where you dance in the hallways and rah, 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 and, and you just proclaim I am a millionaire, and then you turn to the person to the left and then turn to the right and say, "Hi, I'm a millionaire." Well, if you are making nine thousand dollars a month in your business, you're certainly no millionaire. And just declaring yourself a millionaire ain't going to make you a millionaire. <laughs> yes. in, fact, in, fact, in fact, in fact, that could sabotage you becoming a millionaire because you haven't found your you haven't found your way to five digits yet. Now you're talking about seven digits. Don't you think you should figure out a six digit business first? I mean, that's just me. I mean, I may be off base.
1: Well, and I think you have a great point, Adam. Because it doesn't matter who you're you're getting your information from. You are responsible for your business. Like the buck ends with you, right? And you've got to take the information that you get from others. And and I don't want it. I don't want anyone to think I'm saying that it's not hugely valuable. Because we absolutely cannot do this by ourselves. You Correct. Know, strategic thinking means you have a large amount of input from other people and then you filter it and sort it and analyze it and put your intuition into effect on the information you get from other people right. to decide, is this right for me or is it not?
2: Right.
0: And I can tell you that I have self-sabotaged myself by adopting other people's ideas of what's right for me and right for my business. Mm-hmm. without, And even when my gut was giving a check to me and saying, wait a minute, are you sure about this? Yeah. Because, there, because there are two things that come into play, one of which is, and this is something that we all face from time to time as business creators, one may be that everybody's telling you that it's right and even it may even look right on paper, but there's something in your gut. You can't quite define it that's saying, no, this is absolutely not where I need to be or I'm just not there yet or I need to look at this and I need to adapt it. And there also may be cases, and this is actually something I'm I'm going through right now where I'm trying to figure out something with a business opportunity I have. And you know, no matter when you're listening to this, this will probably be a valid statement because I see business opportunities all the time, where a lot of folks are telling me that I probably should let it pass me by, but something in my gut is telling me to go for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not you know, always cut and dried.
1: Yeah, it's not always cut and dried. And sometimes, you know, I'm going to put in a plug for coaching here. I'll probably do that a whole bunch. But, you know, sometimes you need that person, that impartial coach to bounce it off to help you figure out, is that my intuition or is that my fear? Right. Because those two things are very different. They can feel pretty similar.
0: Yes, Thank you, thank you very much for sharing that as well. See, an effective mastermind, if you come to your mastermind with an idea that outside of your own tunnel vision looks like something that's a very bad fit for you, or something that's really a distraction from where you need to be, or something that doesn't seem in alignment, will challenge you, will ask you challenge questions, will send you back to think, and... That puts you in a situation where you get to decide, is this, uh, is the feedback I'm getting making sense? Have they just saved me from making a mistake? Or do I need to go back to my presentation and reaffirm my ideas for doing it? Because I had this happen with my own mastermind a year ago where I brought an idea to the business and they said, well, all these are for my business, and he said, well, why are you suggesting that you do all this for your business? Doesn't this directly contradict what you were sharing with us on your hot seat just a month ago? And I got a lot of that feedback. So I went back and I thought about it, and then I came back to the mastermind the next session, and I said, look, I thought about everything, and I recognized that with these adaptations of the idea that I brought to you the other day, that this is very much in alignment with my goals. And once I explained, and once I explained it, they said, "Oh, see, that's that's masterminding for you. You have to look at the definition of masterminding. Is was originally articulated by Napoleon Hill in Think and Grow Rich to understand what that concept truly means. It's not a bunch of people sitting around at a huge round table who don't know each other for forty five minutes at a nine hundred person arena event. Uh, That is not masterminding."
1: Right, and and what you're saying, Adam, and let's say it this way for our listeners is that. The real purpose of masterminding is to help you do this kind of strategic thinking. Right. It's not about advice giving and it's not about finding the right way. It's about helping you um, find your right way. Right. Right. And that was a great example, Adam, of how that process can work in a mastermind.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So um, you were going to give us an example of a strategic way of thinking about business. And we were discussing this in the green room before we went live here. Uh, you were going to give us a great example. So uh, it may be similar to what we've already covered. But uh, why don't you go ahead and share that now because I think our listeners could use it.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, let me let me rattle off a couple of examples and then go into one in depth. That sounds okay. Like
2: it makes sense Perfect.
1: Like, you know, here's – there's lots of ways to think strategically about your business. What business model are you using? What? Um, how do you have a sales conversation in your business? What works in your copywriting and what doesn't work? What's in your marketing plan? What's the purpose of that website that you're developing? All those things are are about strategic thinking you need to pay attention to yourself to your field you need to be continuously assessing you need to be making decisions but my very favorite example of strategic thinking about your business is to think about your business in terms of the five phases of marketing so let me just do that quickly and you know it it will just take us a minute to talk about what those five phases of marketing are great but the, so the first one is um This is especially for newer business owners. Um, The first phase of marketing is definition. So this is when you're doing that heavy duty thinking and decision making, and it's the foundation of all the rest of your marketing. It's your niche or your target market. Who are you marketing to? Um, What problems are you helping them with? Really thinking this through and writing these things all down what are the products and the services you have and for each of those what are the results that it brings to your customers and what is your brand all those things are your are your in the definition area you know so you can really see that that's the foundation of everything else right because here's here's how the other four phases go it's attracting people is number 2 Number three is connecting with people. Number four is converting. Number five is retaining. We just say a tiny bit about each of those to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, attracting, is phase two is attracting people. So that's the part of marketing where you get yourself and your business in front of your target market. It's getting noticed. It's um getting the needs of the people that you're attracted to, you want people to see you. You know, and you've heard this probably if you've been around the business world, it takes seven times for someone to be exposed to you before they ever remember you. Right. So, you know, now we have tools that help that happen really quickly, like social media. I can be in front of you seven times pretty fast now. Um, And that's what the attraction phase of marketing is about and social media is great for that by the way
2: yeah. and then
1: and then we we um, want our potential customers to move into the connection phase where somebody is actually inter and not everyone that is attracted to you will be connected to you but you you know we're going down in numbers but these are people that are actually interested in your business and what you do and they need a way to be connected to you long enough for them to get to the next phase, which is becoming a paying customer. So there, this is where people go through the know, like, and trust you thing. You've heard about that. Yes. Um, You know, they're (laughs) they're getting to know you. This is like dating, you know, in the real world. And Dating in the business world is this connection over time. It typically happens, or in the past, it happened with a mailing list or an email list. And now it also happens on social media, people that are following you or um, watching your YouTube channel or whatever that may be. And then phase four of marketing, this is the conversion pay- phase. This is where someone actually starts paying you money. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> so interested people turn into paying customers. You actually have to have a plan to make that happen. How are you going to have Either a sales conversation or some kind of marketing material that makes an offer to them, so you might offer make an offer um verbally in words or you might make an offer in writing on a sales page either way um, conversion is hugely important, so let me pause here um and just say again how important this is. This is crucial. Uh, to stay in business, you have to be able to convert people to paying customers. You have to get comfy and cozy with sales. You just do. Yes. And uh, if you need help to do that, get some help. But you got to do it. Please, folks, go do it. <laughs> right. Um, and then finally, the fi- final phase of marketing is the retention phase. And that's keeping your customers. And... A satisfied customer continuing to spend money with your business is like um, money in the bank, really. It costs less to your business to keep somebody who's already a customer than it is to take somebody new all the way through those other four phases of marketing. That's a more expensive proposition in your business. So, of course, the things that you think about when you think about retention are things like quality, And providing value and customer service and guarantees and refunds and those kinds of things. Sure. So that was our quick – so when you're going to use this kind of strategic thinking for your business, we're going to take these five phases of marketing, and I'm going to strategically think about them. Okay, what kind of systems – Or habits do I have in place in each of these phases? What do I need for my business in these five phases? See how it's kind of like given us a framework to do our thinking about the business? That's what strategic thinking is all about. Right. Okay. I feel like I just said, like, five mouthfuls all <laughs> That That's
0: okay. Now, what I'd like to shift our gears to for just a few minutes is okay. the third part of the entrepreneurial mindset, which is habits yep. and systems for success, because it's one thing to recognize self-sabotage. It's another thing to have the tools and the and the plans in place to prevent it, and I believe that's your habits and your systems. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Okay. So, let's talk about systems. Um yep. We need to have a way that something's done. How do I get something done? So it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing in your business. When you do it, write down how you did it. Um, That You might not do that same thing in your business again for three more months, and I don't want you to have to reinvent the wheel when you do that thing again. So say you're just starting out and you um, are going to run a teleseminar or you're going to create an ebook or write down what you did, the steps that you went through. That's what a what a system is. It's just a record of how something's done so that the next time you do it, you already know what to do. Or when you hire somebody, all you have to do is give it to them and it's done the way you want it done. So that's a a part of our systems. Then we look at what the flow is through the business. So what is your client's experience? Is there a logical flow for what happens to that person when they get to know you? Are they getting uh, emails in a sequence? Are they getting a newsletter? Is there another product that they will automatically want when they finish using the product that they bought? That The flow is a system that we need to look at in the business. We need to look at automation. So I said early in this call, Adam, you know, we can't do everything. We've right. got to figure out ways um that will help us by automating some of the things that we need to get done. And finally, you gotta have a you gotta have plans in your business. So whether it's a business plan or a marketing plan or a to do list or a task list, you know, your planning is where the rubber meets the road. If you don't have it down to that level, you're just wandering from thing to thing and you're, you're really sabotaging yourself. And I know a lot of people say to me, I'm not a planner. And I say, then you need to learn how to plan. It's that important. It's not optional.
0: Okay. So how do we learn how to plan?
1: You know, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting question. Um, you can hire a coach for it, of course, or you can find one of those systems uh, that are kind of like already done for you and just plug yourself into it. I say most of us already know how to plan. It's just that we don't use the discipline and follow through with it. Like if your planning process is a simple to-do list, okay, um, when are you – Looking at your to-do list, is it every morning, every night? Is it almost never? How do things get onto your to-do list? You know, is there some discipline involved in all of it? Uh, and so you have to be willing to do that, which takes us. Can I just keep rolling here for a minute?
0: Yeah, we got a few minutes here, and I'd like you to, please.
1: Okay, good. So this takes us to the subject of habit. And habits is this, you know, habits and systems really go together. Um, So your time management, or your to-do list, or your planning, all those things, your scheduling, those are habits. Are you a procrastinator? Are you a perfectionist? Are you a flip flopper? Are you an avoider? All those things are habits. So I want to kind of give you the psychology behind habits here. And we're going to, it's pretty simple. This will just take us a minute. There's three parts of any habit. There's the cue, the thing that kind of triggers the habit happening. There's the routine of the habit itself. And then there's the result of it or the reward of it at the end. Okay. Right. So. Uh, let's think of a quick example. So my cue is, I wake up in the morning and I wonder, huh, what's happening on Facebook? Or, or what's happening in the world? Or what did I miss overnight? You know those cues? And so the routine is, I go check my email and I go check Facebook and I'm sucked in and an hour of my day is gone, right? But there was a result besides an hour of the day was gone. There was some kind of reward that happened there, too. And so if I'm going to change that habit, and I use that as an example because it's one I think a lot of us do, and I wish we all would change. I have changed it myself. But Great. How do we change a bad habit? The key is in the centerpiece. So the cue, the routine, the reward the routine is what changes. So I get the same cue. I wake up in the morning and I wonder hmm, what's happening in the world and, you know, what's today going to be like? And I still want the little um adrenaline rush, which is my reward for getting on Facebook and, you know, being up to date. Right. But I'm going to change it and I'm going to instead find a new routine that gives me a similar reward. Now, I can tell you what it was for me. Hope this will work for some of you guys too. For me, if I could look at my to-do list and find the things that I'm most excited about and that will make the most difference in my business and I find one or two of them and I go do them in the morning right then and there, I just go jump into my business and do something that is going to move me forward I get an adrenaline rush from that, right? and I've done something productive. So that's how we change a habit. We just change that little piece in the middle. The cue happens, um, I'm switching what I do about it, and at the end I get an actually better charge than I get off Facebook.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. And we need to be looking at those kinds of things for our business. Right. What is it? What is it that I can do that will make this whole thing go better? Okay. Is that, making, is that making sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I, and I appreciate you sharing that with us because, you know, we are, I'm gonna go back to the example of we get all pumped up because we attend an event or we see a training and we say, well this is, this is it, I'm finally going to do it, or they declare, and I love this, along with New Year's resolutions, everybody declares this year coming up is going to be the best year ever. Well, yes. uh it's great to declare that, but by January 15th, is that still the case, or have we already lapsed back into our old habits of self-sabotage?
1: Right. Oh, my gosh, that happens so easily. So here's what we do about that, Okay. All right, let's see what we can do. Let's set it up in a system and a habit. So I've gone to this exciting training and I've got these big insights. Okay, what kind of system am I going to put in place or where am I going to mark it on my calendar or what am I going to put on my to-do list, right, so that when I get the cue that reminds me of this awesome new thing I've learned, then there's an action that I can take that will keep that going, that will keep that um, learning, it will reinforce it, and it will move it forward for me and my business because that's where the reward comes back in play. And sometimes um, the anticipation of that can be really important. So I've been to this awesome training Uh, I've learned this new tactic for my business. I wrote it on my to-do list and I've got it on my calendar for next Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Oh my gosh, I can be getting, I can be looking forward to next Tuesday at 4 o'clock when I get to put that into play. And that anticipation is part of mindset. So we've kind of taken this loop around Adam back to the beginning here with the mindset. Yeah. But I've created a system and a habit to re- to um reinforce the mindset. I like that. Yeah. It's the kind of like the fuel that keeps us moving.
0: Right. Right, absolutely. So uh, we have just a a few minutes left here. Uh, First of all, Janet, I want to thank you so much for uh, spending time with us here on the Business Creators Radio Show today. So as we wrap up, what I'd like to do is give you the floor for just a moment and tell us how you serve business creators and how our listeners can get more information from you regarding what you've shared with us today.
1: Absolutely. Um, I do a lot of one on one coaching with folks and I love it, helping them to really look at themselves and their business. Um, I, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website, which is Solopreneur S O L O P R E N E U R dot Biz, Solopreneur.biz. Or you can actually email me directly, that's fine. My email is Janet at Janet dot com. And really what I hope you'll do from today's call is I hope you'll sit down and kind of do an assessment of yourself and your mindset and honestly look at where you stand. And the, the one thing I didn't say, I'm going to say this really quickly, is I also want you to know that another ingredient of mindset is hope. And it's what sustains you over time because it does take time and effort and work to build a business. And you really need to take care of yourself and have a support system, whether it's a coach or a uh, mastermind group or whatever that is, to help you. Uh, Your talents, we need them in the world. We need your gifts. We need your creativity. So please go ahead and do that. Right. And can I do one last thing, Adam? Yes, you can. Okay. Uh, I would love to be able to give you all a gift. Um, We've talked about the kinds of things that go wrong internally. And um, I have a free gift for anyone that wants it. It's called the Top Ten Business Mistakes of Small Business Owners, the things that we do wrong. But more importantly, it's what to do about them. So you can grab that uh, at no cost. This is just something I want you to have. Uh, and the website to get that is solopreneur.biz forward slash mistakes okay. So forward slash mistakes to get that uh free ebook on top 10 business mistakes and how to get back on track. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. That's fantastic. I'm absolutely going to have to check that out myself. And uh and you know, thank you for sharing that with us. And let me just say again, today's Time that you were uh, so gracious to spend with us and share with us uh, has been an honor, a pleasure, and an education. I've learned a few things. Uh, I have a few more things to be aware of in terms of self sabotage, and I know that as our listeners uh, check this out, whether you're listening live or whether checking out on the iTunes podcast, are uh, going to gain something from this as well.
1: Awesome. I'm so glad I was able to be here and share that kind of information.
0: You bet, you bet. So for everybody listening, uh, once again, Janice Slack, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we and our guest ex- guest experts help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.